Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Punk Rock MBA podcast. Really quickly, before we get into this episode, I wanted to mention my Patreon. Patrons get all of the podcasts a week early. I do giveaways, I do some other stuff, but. Most importantly, if you want me to review your music or artwork or anything else, Patreon is the way to do that. Every month, I do a call for submissions. All you need to do if you want me to review something is just post it in the comments of that post. Then I will review it live on Twitch for the hundreds of people that tune into every stream and post it on Patreon for everyone to check out. All you need to do is just join at the $10 and up level. Stay tuned for that post and you are good to go. So if that sounds cool to you and you want me to review your music, artwork, or anything else, hit the link in the show notes for this episode. And thank you very much to everyone who supports Let's talk over about on Patreon. This. I saw this come up the other day. Nick Nocturnal's predictions for metal in the year 2023. My first thought is uh, I'm terrified. I'm horrified that it is the year 2023. It's terrible. It's it's ah. I'm so freaked out. I just I just pushed my mic over. The specter of death inches closer every day. When I was a kid back in the 1980s, if you said the year 2023, that was like a year that some sci-fi movie would be set in. You know, it'd say, um, the year is 2023. And it would show like, you know, giant spaceships teleporting kids to school and, you know, some supercomputer that controls everything. It's like Skynet, right? Sad. Uh, so I'm just, I'm trying to get over the fact that the year 2023 is not the future. It's next year. And let's see what Nick believes will happen to metal. Nick, I'm bothered. I see Nick right here. He's got like a twist tie here on his cable sticking out here in a kind of haggard way. I'm bothered by it. I just want to reach into my screen and just like fold that twist tie over bothering me anyway let's see what he has to say 2023 metal predictions noises inaudible breakdowns and more canceled vocalists let's go we're talking (laughs) more canceled vocalists that is the one thing that we can be (laughs) pretty sure will definitely happen so to start out i we 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 all know what happened this year all right lauren ashore exists and it was it it happened they did the thing that the noises all of that and uh, they dropped their album and it really got the scene talking because this is a heavy album Right, but the thing about this album is, is it kind of put the stamp on melodic deathcore. Where of course there's still like yep. 
Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I think a lot of people think of Lorna Shore as a newer band, but they've been around for 10 years and that sound has been around even longer than that. Got to give a shout out to the boys in Winds of Plague, who, as far as I'm concerned, I would say Winds of Plague were the originators of that way back in, when did their first album come out? 2007, something like that. They were doing like symphonic deathcore way back in 2007, a little bit different than Lorna Shore, but definitely kind of laid the groundwork for that. So got to give a shout out to them. Uh, Abigail Williams is pretty early too, um, but shout out to Winds of Plague for uh, without, without Winds of Plague, there would be no Lorna Shore. I got to say what I really miss about Winds of Plague. Remember when deathcore bands looked like this, when they wore snapbacks at a jaunty angle, the puffy vests, Remember that. Bring back this aesthetic. It's not real deathcore without this aesthetic. That's what I think. Traditional deathcore and a lot of slam moments on that album, but there's a lot of just melody infusion and symphony, which yep. again, bands have been experimenting with for quite a while, but I don't think they've really no wins a plague. What taking it, especially with like the pain remains one, where I think going into this next year, 2023, I really think is going to be the year of like melodic deathcore almost similar to how in the 2000s and some of the best music ever bands like kill switch bullet for my valentine um you, you know atreyu i guess uh, under oath august burns red were taking metalcore from converge and all that stuff like hardcore and applying a lot of melody to it and basically okay. making melodic metalcore i think we're finally going to see the age of melodic deathcore yeah i mean that seems pretty reasonable to me you've already seen more and more bands doing you know lorna core Right. So, I mean, obviously the success of Lorna Shore, anybody's going to see that and go, hey, let's do that because this is how it works. Right. If somebody has success doing a thing, then other people come along and they want to do the thing, too. I totally think that's going to happen. We've already seen some of it and I expect to see a lot more of it. Where a lot of bands are going to be making these crazy, heavy, fast paced with disgusting low tune breakdown songs but also that have like... Yeah, well, I agree with this. Not unless they have someone as charismatic as Will Ramos. Yeah, they're not going to get as big as Lorna Shore because number one, Lorna Shore's music is just a lot better than almost everybody else's because uh, I did a podcast with uh, Adam D'Amico, who's like the main songwriter. He talked about this. They very much write from like sort of the perspective of uh, a traditional pop structure. So that makes their music a lot more accessible, number one. And... Will is like a great front man, super charismatic. So I agree that um, you can copy Lorna Shore's formula all you want, but I don't expect them to be as successful. This crazy amount of emotion embedded into it um, that isn't just anger. Something that's been creeping up, no doubt, is Thal, which is weird because Violent mm, Arctic, yes. Cal, and Buster Core. Like, uh -huh. I mean, they, they've been releasing stuff for so long. So his next prediction is Thal. And he's calling it uh, Cal and Buster Core. This is the two guys from Humanity's Last Breath. And uh, if you haven't heard them, this is what they sound like. Thal because it goes... This is five years old. But definitely hearing more and more people kind of get into the sound for sure. Yeah, it basically is like down tempo. It's like very similar to like bands like Traders and Barriers to what they were doing a long time ago. But I guess coming from a little bit more of a metal perspective, um, I, I, I agree with that. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, Thal breakdowns mixed with melodic deathcore hooks. Exactly. I think that's going to be the template for deathcore next year. I agree with Nick and uh, Morgoth on that one. And a lot of bands, especially in like the modern metal, metalcore scene, are starting to use Thal instead of like 
gent. It's Thal uh-huh. is really replacing gent, which you know is involving a lot of elongating bends, like yeah. and then also like these interesting like tremolo note like slides, like. Like stuff like that more more of that i need to hear that i need to hear some in my death core a lot of atmosphere again a lot of emotion i think breakdowns are not going to be as much like slammy dun 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 there's still gonna be slammy breakdowns but i think thaw is going to be the main go-to for for breakdowns um, okay. as some bands have been transitioning i mean like alt invent animate yeah. and i think thaw is going to be a big a big thing um, this this next year. I also think post hardcore music in general has had post hardcore coming back weirdest like resurgence yep. ever. Like post hardcore music, you know, bands with the and the R and B. I have noticed that exact thing. I was like, man, all my videos about like emo and post hardcore were three or four years ahead of their time. I should have been putting those out like right now or next year because I think post hardcore nostalgia is hitting a new peak. And you better believe that I'm going to make as many videos as I possibly can to capitalize on that shit. You better believe it. You know, kind of singing basically Johnny Craig, but hopefully you don't get canceled as well as like instrumentals that are very, you know, like they might have breakdowns, but they're very melodic. Some of them have Linkin Park or kind of vibes to them. And I mean, you see it with Bad Omens exploding. You see it with Dayseeker and you see it just from a lot of these kind of newer bands, even Thousand Below. Yeah, uh, the thing with that is that, um, you know, you say what you want about Johnny Craig as a person, but he is an incredible fucking vocalist. And a lot of those bands, for example, My Friends and Issues, man, it is going to be really, really, really hard to do it as well as they did it. Uh, I think Bad Omens, you know, obviously is having a lot of success. They're doing it very well. But, uh, you know, to take a band like Dayseeker, for example, I think they're just not quite there. Their vocalist is really good. I think the songs are just not quite there. And if you listen to bands like, say, The Used, for example, those are some really, really fucking good songs. When post-hardcore was at its biggest, like The Used, Under Oath, those songs are top, top tier songs. So if we want it to be as big as it used to be, we're going to have to have some very charismatic front people and we're going to have to have some truly great songs. We'll see. Basically, a lot of bands, even on the Bad Omens tours, um, just gaining a lot of popularity and and killing it and people wanting that emotional huge chorus while still having you know fun do you see post-hardcore elements being borrowed and mixed into mainstream trap and rap in the same way that punk and emo have been over the past couple years that's a good question uh morgoth what do you think about that he said uh we will see pop solo artists start to play with post-hardcore singers who are really good. I know Demi and Maggie, Demi Lovato and Maggie Lindemann are making albums like that now. Morgoth has done some stuff with uh, Maggie Lindemann, so he would know. Yeah, I mean, I, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, that would be cool. I would like to see that. I would like to see that, so I hope it happens. Lower tuned-ish, chunky riffs tied in between, maybe screaming here and there. And to tie with all that, I also think shoegaze, I mean, yep. is going to be a big the thing. kids love shoegaze. shoegaze. It's just very ambient, you know, a lot of guitar effectsy music. A lot of- the, the thing with shoegaze is that it's sort of inherently not catchy, right? Like the whole basis of shoegaze is that it's kind of like droning and it kind of doesn't have hooks. So my point of view is that I'm interested in how popular something is going to get. I don't really see the shoegaze thing ever getting big outside of, you know, basically... The kind of people, you know, well, I'll just say it. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to be nicer now. 
but I'm just going to say it. I don't see shoegaze ever really getting popular outside of nerds. The kind of nerds who, you know, jerk off over pedal boards and stuff. I think that's going to be kind of as big as shoegaze will ever get. The shoegaze, Deftones core bands like Loathe and Sleep Token, who definitely have like very dedicated cult fan bases, but are kind of not really breaking out of where they've been for a few years. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. 
And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. A lot of people call like kind of Deftone shoegaze. Chino's voice is really shoegaze. I wouldn't say the instrumentals are necessarily shoegaze, but Loathe is a good example of a band that really mixes like shoegaze mixed with like Mashoga. And I think a lot more bands are going to start to meld shoegaze. Yeah, probably. Into- and, and, and I'm not into that. I mean, I just, I do not enjoy shoegaze personally. Obviously, I know a lot of people do, you know, good for them. Like there's nothing like if you like shoegaze, that's great. But to me personally, it's kind of, it doesn't do a lot for me because it's kind of like inherently like just slow and bland. And I like hooks, right? And there's not a lot of hooks in shoegaze. So I don't see that as a positive thing for the genre because what I'm looking for is what can we do with metal and alternative music in general that's going to make it more accessible and more popular? So things that are sort of making it more nerdy and less accessible and more just like guitar music for other guitarists, I don't personally see that as a good thing, but that's just my opinion. So I think emotion and emotion's always been important in music, but I think in the metal scene particular this year is going to just be one of the most important things that people are looking for. I would like to see that. So what Nick has talked about in a few of these segments is about metal bands incorporating emotion that's not just anger. Because that's typically like one of my criticisms of metal is that oftentimes it's been sort of one note in the sense of, you know, it's just anger, 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 rage, 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 violence, violence, violence. And, you know, that's fine. I mean, I do have two hate breed tattoos. So obviously I have a soft spot for anger and violence to some extent. But to me, it can't be all that, right? Or at least it shouldn't be. There's a whole range of human emotions, love and sadness and, you know, betrayal and resentment and anger and joy and blah, 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 blah. Um, and one of my criticisms of metal has been that it's sort of, you know, really only focuses on this very, very narrow range of human emotions. And if he is correct, and that sort of like Lorna Shore did, if they can bring in some other emotions into the music, other than just like anger, I think that'd be great. Now, when it comes to bands specifically, I mean, I'm gonna be straight up. I think Brand of Sacrifice is gonna kind of just win this year. <laughs> like, okay. they've been doing such a great stuff well. for so long, but they haven't had like necessarily their Lorna Shore moment just yet. Yep. But seeing what they're doing, seeing the numbers they're getting. They're- Let's look up Brand of Sacrifice. Let's see how they're doing on Spotify. Okay, 600,000, you know, I mean, they're, they're deathcore. So, you know, for uh, a band that plays, uh, this is their... For a band that sounds this heavy, I think uh, 600,000 is no joke. Definitely a little bit different than the usual deathcore stuff. I think it's cool. The question is, as Nick is asking, will they have their own Lorna Shore moment? We'll see. 600,000 monthly as a as a really really heavy deathcore band that's really diverse that gets low that gets disgusting yep. they've done collabs with like we came as romans they're on tiktok doing really cool content actually as well as they have their whole merch okay. line that is i'm 
I'm assuming doing very well because they're collaborating with all these artists as well. And that last single they released was just, it was just a banger. They started to incorporate a little bit of cleans in there as well, but they did it very tastefully. I think they're going to have a huge moment this okay. year. And other than that, I mean, Lowe's, like, where y'all been? I just saw them on tour. Now, Lowe's, I, I'm a little less, um, I think Lowe's is a very good band. But for me personally, I haven't heard anything that they're just not quite there. Like the songs to me are not quite elite. And whether that's some combination of the songs and, you know, maybe there's something they could do to be a little bit more like charismatic, put on a little bit more of a show. I don't know. If they can write catchier hooks, they can get to the next level. I think that's what they need is uh, some catchier hooks to get to that next level. I know all the shoegaze, Deftones people love this band and I think they're very good. No shade at all intended. Loathe is a very good band. Just not quite, not quite there in my personal opinion. They're going to be, they're going to be killing it. I mean, I went back and I saw some of their Spotify numbers, which again, I always thought of Loathe as like a popular band and more of the underground modern metal scene. Okay. I didn't realize their last album, every song on there has over like 1 million streams. And some of those songs have 10. 530,000 monthly listeners. I mean, that's not bad. You know, that's not bad. But again, just for perspective, Lil Pump who people consider, you know, a failure has like 6 million monthly listeners. So I know it's a little bit disingenuous or a little unfair to compare low to little pump, but to put it in perspective, you know, 500,000 listeners is very good, but I would like to see that number get a little bit higher. Million streams. They're, they're going and having a really cool moment without even dropping much other than that one song at the beginning of the year, which was interesting to say the least. Besides them, of course, Spirit boxes. How many of those six million are bots? I mean, I mean, why do you guys have a hard time thinking that Lil Pump has six million Spotify listeners? Like, he had fucking huge songs, and like he's fallen off for sure. But my point is that even a rapper that's fallen off has six million streams. How many does a group like Architects have? That's a good question. Let's look. Two million for Architects. So yeah. That's probably a more fair comparison. EP this year was pretty cool, but I think next year, if they do drop anything, which again, I don't actually know if they will, but if they do drop anything, I think they're just going to kind of continue the train. Spearbox definitely needs to put something out exciting next year. things without talking about Darko US. Like, two-man okay. band plus producer, and they are they are just killing it. They really Darko's great. Have you guys heard Darko? Favorites. We got to listen to Darko really quick if you haven't heard him. Uh, I agree that as far as Deathcore goes, probably the most interesting like newer band. Very, very, very sick shit. This is Darker US. So that's Darker US. Nick is predicting that they will have a big year. I think the band is great. Um, it's just, you know, and within the context of Deathcore, I agree. Uh, it's just the stuff is a little bit too out there, I think, for it to kind of uh, get bigger than it is, I think. Um, but I do think the band is great. Favorites of the year, no doubt, which was, again, a mix of a lot of things I'm talking about, actually. It had those pissed moments, those Danza chaotic moments. Yep. And it had these vibey shoegaze moments. It had yep. some, like, little minor thaw moments and all a that. A lot of groove. And it was emotional, but super disgustingly heavy. And Groove is what, I like this freeze frame. Groove is what sets Darko US apart, in my opinion. Great drummer with just, like, relentless groove. It's not just, like, 
kind of bland metal drumming. He's got that sort of like hip hop, funk, hardcore kind of influence. That's what sets it apart, in my opinion. It had all the noises, and it was a lot of production, very production based, which I feel like is also going to be a, a trend kind of going forward. Where definitely needs really, a guitar. Really I agree with that. They're not going to be shy of using like r&b samples or like very vibey indie samples over breakdowns it's going to be even harder to distinguish one song from deathcore or metalcore or 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 gent or thal or i mean what do, what do genres even mean or matter anymore right like who cares do whatever you want with your music it's like who cares if you want to put a fucking saxophone and some like indie pop vocal with um some carly ray jepson synths next to a breakdown on a blast beat fucking do it you know who cares yeah genres only matter to the genre police i agree with that i feel like the only people who care about genres now are you know nerds arguing about it in the comment section nobody else gives a shit anymore just do whatever you want do whatever you want who cares or whatever i think it's really just going to turn into this big fun disgusting field of breakdowns and emotion and big choruses and just fun crazy riffs on um, tiktok is part of this as well which you know yep. you got accepted or not bands are getting big just even off tiktok and bands that are already big are just going Bleh. <laughs> like even i still think it's wild that the rest of the world understood the importance of tiktok like literally years ago <laughs> but metal people are still sort of fighting it even though it's obvious because it's been you know th like a lot of the biggest breakthroughs commercial breakthroughs of the past few years in metal have come from tiktok for example you know you've seen what it did for bad omens for lorna shore for you know ghost you guys heard of metallica I think uh, that band Metallica also had a couple songs on TikTok. So I find it strange that like in the year of our Lord, 2023, the metal people are still kind of resisting TikTok, but uh, you know, they tend to be a little behind the curve. There's a huge alt and metal scene on there. You know, even if some of it's cringe, yes. I mean, so is YouTube, so is everywhere else. Metal can be cringe too. I mean, we went, we went through my space and the warp too. Hey, there we go. There's my video. Look at that. There is my video thumbnail. MySpace Core was the best. Honestly, TikTok is child's play. Vocalists, oh my god. How good vocalists are getting is ridiculous, too. This it's is like true. The standard is you have to be able to do like five animal zoo noises, plus yep. three zombie noises you heard in movies, plus like five demon noises you heard from Doom. Like it's, it, it, the vocal standard is ridiculous and that's gonna get pushed even further this year. Yep. The guitarists, the guitarists are crazy good. It's basically a noisemaker though. Drummers have to be able to do everything, rip. And bassists have to be able to uh, launch their MacBooks. So yeah, I mean. I mean, that's true. He's talking specifically about metal and kind of, I think, I think really in particular deathcore, which is probably the most interesting sort of corner of metal right now. It's true that the level of like technical skill, whether it's vocalists, guitarists, drummers, the level of technical skill um, in deathcore is insane. Like just a kind of mid-level deathcore band now that's, you know, nothing special or remarkable. A mid-level deathcore band now can play better than just about every band from 15 years ago. It's crazy. I am like amazed at how good everybody is now. No bassist. Well, listen, I'll tell you a little secret is a lot of bassists don't play on the album. Lots of time, either the guitarist plays it or they just program the bass. Um, but shout out to bassist too. Crazy year. I'm looking forward to it. I want the heavies. I want the emotion. Okay, well, there it is. You know, Nick was kind of focusing specifically 
on sort of the death core end of things. But uh, yeah, I agree with all this. I think uh, these are all really solid predictions. In particular, like the shoegaze thing is the one that I really see. Shoegaze and post-hardcore are the two kind of new things that I see really gathering a lot of steam. So I think everything he said is right on, but I in particular expect those two things to uh, kind of really blow up next year. So let's see if he is right. Let's see if my worst nightmare comes true. And 2023 is the year of Ska. If it is, then that is proof that there is no God. And I will say to myself, you know what? Maybe the Mayans were right. Maybe we should have just ended this whole thing back in 2012, back before anybody had any sort of positive feelings about Ska. Back then, we knew better. We knew that Ska deserved to stay dead and buried in the past. But uh, I have a bad feeling that 2023 may be the year of Ska, New Metal, and Shoegaze. Here's all I ask. If... 2023 becomes the year of ska and i become infected with ska you know how like in the zombie movies they're like escaping from the house right and and like the guy's uh, brother gets bitten by the zombie on the way out you can see his brother like getting infected by the zombie and he's kind of trying to hold it back and the guy's like come on get it you gotta come with us we'll find a cure and his brother's like no it's too late for me just sa save yourselves and the the guy takes his gun out and he's like okay listen you know, I'll always love you. He's just do it. Just do it. And then he goes, blows his brother's brains out and like blood splatters all over his face. And he's like, okay, let's get out of here. If I get bitten by a trombone player and I become infected with the ska virus, that's all I ask is that you put me out of my, you do what you got to do before the virus takes root. And I become fully infected with the ska virus. Just blow my head off before it gets too bad. That's all I ask for. But there it is. Nick Nocturnal's Metal in 2023 predictions. There it is. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>